your laptop open. Because you're snooping on our kids? No. We don't understand what they're saying, so it's not snooping. Oh my god, I love puzzles. <laughs> Some about an eggplant. And teenage emoji eggplants are dicks. Wait, what? All emojis have a secret meaning, so like trees are weed, and this thing is Yas Queen. Yas Queen. So she's gonna get roses, yeah. kiss, and then touch his dick eggplant. Look at all that drool coming out of the smiley face. That's jizz. Stand down. It is. Look, it's coming. He's like, This is a sex pact. They're planning on losing their virginity on prom night. Maybe it's not sex. They're just saying, hey, you're okay with me. You're okay with me. Maybe. No, I fucking knew it. Our girls are not thinking things through. I'm going to stop them. I'm in. Let's cock block those motherfuckers. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 166. Whoa. And my name is Scott. My name's Jared. And I'm Rick. Nice. I'm back. Rick, you're just maybe a permanent member at this point. I don't know. Oh no, he doesn't. Fits right in. The look on his face, guys. I don't don't want to make a commitment. I already have enough white guy friends. (laughs) (laughs) On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching before a featured review... A Ready Player One. Are you ready to plug into the Oasis? From the Beard Spielberg. Spielbeard. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, we might have a conversation then. I guess you weren't ready. Thank you for tuning in. You can find all of our episodes on uh, Apple Podcasts, I guess, or whatever the hell it's called now. Wherever you get your Google Play, TuneIn Radio podcast. Don't go to Stitcher. Uh, Casper.com. They probably have a podcast hosting Site. The mattress company? Yeah, you know what I mean? They're so they're so in- intertwined. With- I'm, I'm more of a Lisa or Andy. Yeah. Guy. You can also go to verticalviewing.com. That's where the donate button lives. Press it. Yeah, click that. Press it. If you want to help us bake internet pie every week. That's easy. That's a PayPal button. But if you want to become a long-term subscriber... If you're more pr- promiscuous. Yeah, if you want to get into... A, if you like to have relations with lots of podcasts. There's one night stands on the website, but patreon.com slash vertical viewing. That's where you can get into a long-term relationship. We're loving. You can love us back. Yeah. We're with, nice. We're with, giving we, gentle we love. If you want to suggest a movie, we got Apocalypto up there. There's all sorts of goodies. It's tasty. Vertical viewing on Twitter. Email verticalviewing at gmail.com. I don't think there's any other housekeeping so red. Yes, sir. You watched a ton of goodies because you aren't being a dad this week. Well, I've been I've been uh, unfortunate enough to have my family away uh, on a on a vacation. Well said. You know, my, why I are you smiling while you're saying it? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Why do you um, have your hands up in quote finger <laughs> uh, indicators? Stop pumping your fist. This is getting disrespectful. <laughs> I uh, I've watched in so. Uh, what's that movie that came out just recently? The Endless. Yes. Okay. And in celebration of The Endless being released, I watched a movie called Resolution Cabin yes. of Death. I don't know what any either of these movies are. Okay. Um, so we the, en- were, the Endless was at t- uh, VIF. Yeah, just we were recently. lucky enough to see this at the Vancouver Film Festival, The Endless, anyways. And it was this really uh, weird and interesting uh, sci-fi um, movie about a couple of friends or brothers maybe uh investigating a cult they had been involved with it was really weird it's trippy stuff and uh there's overlap with this one other movie that they made years back in 2012 i think called uh resolution um cabin of death yeah this was (laughs) interesting the acting is not great but um, i'm shocked but the story is very interesting. I, I really enjoyed The Endless, so I really enjoyed seeing more about uh, this that is universe. my favorite cinematic universe. It's so puzzling and So confusing. how are they related? It's so interesting the way they're related. Okay, how do I explain this without spoiling it? The Endless is this cult in this desert landscape, and there's all these uh, time loop bubbles happening everywhere. You've already lost me. Basically, you can wander into these little uh, pockets in this mountainous landscape where time is running on a loop. And one of these loops actually is the plot of Resolution, this movie that had come out five years earlier. So they've, in their new movie, they work in, they sort of retcon in their previous film and almost set up the potential for 
all of their films to be set in this weird landscape with all these sort of anomalies. Yeah, some sort of... There's like an unseen antagonist, maybe. Um, and... The sending photographs. It's the same. Of, it behaves the same in, in certain parts of The Endless as, as it does throughout Resolution. And it's very odd. And I haven't seen it done anywhere else. It plays with, with chronology... Um, it's it's in the sense that that the guy will keep finding footage of himself, but it sounds trippy. In both movies, the characters will find photographs of conversations they had just had five minutes earlier, and they'll find these conversations buried inside of a lockbox that's been underneath trash for fifty years, and it's on some sort of eight millimeter tape. So yeah, it's a it's the movie. Yeah, the as I was saying, the acting is not great, <laughs> no. but the movie's really interesting. Cool. Um, They're micro budget things. Yeah, no. the one character is supposed to be addicted to meth. Yeah, the, the plot of resolution. Yeah, the, the basic plot is that there's yeah. one friend who's like addicted to meth, uh, and they were childhood buddies, and so the one other friend is like, "I'm going to give one last chance. Everybody else is given up on this guy. I'm going to I'm going to go and get him clean." They go, I, they I go to a to. cabin and he And he finds him. him in this cabin yeah. and he ends up handcuffing him to this wall. Get, for, get for a clean. Week. Yeah, you gotta, you're going to be here for seven days. Then I'm going to throw you the keys and I'm out of here. And the conceit of and the movie is, is an interesting take on going clean, like kicking a drug habit, being almost like... Sounds like train spotting. A horror movie. Yeah, it, but in a way... Him trying to get off the drug. It's a bit and, of a weak spot. And I, hallucinating. Yeah, the idea it, being that... It doesn't really show... This horror film coming to life around you as you're trying to kick a drug habit. It's kind of interesting. As interesting as the premise is, it doesn't accurately in any way, I think, depict detoxing no. from a methamphetamine addiction. No, no. So I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to see that accurately in it's, any movie. No. It's almost no. trivialized and made uh, made into a joke in some ways. It's just a, a sort of trick that the they used to it's have him out, out at this cabin in the first place did, did you watch anything lighter this week i did <laughs> okay i watched uh actually maybe it's not lighter i Uh-oh. watched a documentary that elon musk tweeted out um he's involved in this documentary uh, and it's free to watch at the moment um as of now um, but i think in the next couple days uh it will become paid to view uh, it's called Do You Trust This Computer? And you can watch it at doyoutrustthiscomputer.org slash watch. Uh, I'm going to guess the answer is no. <laughs> it's a it's a documentary about AI and uh, the concerns that certain people have about it. Uh, it's it like a Terminator sequel? sequel? <laughs> I hope There's, so. It literally opens with the opening shot of like the, dun, 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 the dun, dun, Terminator... Dun. Like Terminator Two is With the crushing the skull. Yeah, like no the way. robot foot crushing the skull. It's a bit on the nose. Yeah, but that's but what it, everybody it addresses thinks of. that. It, that's what everyone thinks of. My skull's going to get crushed by a skeleton robot. Well, I mean, it is a cliche. Like Skynet becomes self-aware, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff in there, and that I I didn't know that uh, was like talking about Skynet. Uh, there's this one program that Google has called Deep Thought, and Oh, that's uh, a weird thing. Making or no, those... no. Maybe it's not deep thought, but um, deep brain. It's, a, it's an it's an AI program that they use to uh, distribute energy to be it's to maximize efficiency of energy distribution. And oh, it sounds like stuff like Amazon has too. And like Musk make deliveries talked about yeah. like he's like one update. You know, away from that's AI. That. And if you uh, if we developed super intelligence and there was one update to that, what is the format? Is it like interviews or there's a lot of interviews? It's what one thing that I'll say about this is that it's definitely designed for a younger viewer because the oh, it's like split up kind of. No, there's there's almost like fast paced like electronic music what? throughout the entirety of the. Is it like that one scene? Uh, the the calculation scene from like Social Network. <laughs> Yeah, is this is a is like Nine Inch Nails soundtrack yeah. going? I might have to show you guys part of it during the break. But, is it Trent uh, Reznor music? Uh, it's it's also kind of terrible. <laughs> are they are, are they characters writing on windows with markers really really fast calculating? I, shit? I can't remember who did it with like uh, sorority parties. Yeah, <laughs> or fraternity parties. There's a big credit at the end. Music by and it's a one word. It's like an artist that did the whole score. Orbital. 
No, I, w- I wish okay. it was orbital. Uh, you can see this. Yeah, I saw this as well. This film's only it's online directing. for a few days, so it's, it might not be available by the time you're hearing this. Elon Musk tweeting it out got it a lot of views. Do Definitely. you trust this computer.org? Yeah. Okay. I Anything also else? just this afternoon went to see an exhibit at the Vancouver Art Gallery called The Octopus Eats Its Own Leg by a really cool Japanese guy called Takashi Murakami. Yeah, I met him. No big deal. <laughs> I, I was going to ask if you had... Like two uh, months ago when the exhibit opened. Yeah. You went to his birthday party? I didn't go to his birthday party, but I went to the, the unveiling of the, the at the Vanguard Art Gallery. Cool. Uh, it's uh, it's really cool. It's awesome. I've been trying to get to this for a while, so I was really uh, happy to finally get in there. There was a lineup, despite it having been open for so long. Well, it got extended, it, too, for like... Uh, they, it has more? extended hours until 9 p.m. every day until the exhibit closes. Which is, so when is popular. it done? Uh, soonish right may yeah. may uh i want to say may 6th but uh it's really cool it was neat to see the different phases of his art like the early stuff the super flat was really cool um and then like all the mr dobe stuff is really weird but the, i really like the r hat stuff and i was telling scott before that like it's so almost visually overwhelming that it's it's, it's so it's overwhelming, like uncomfortable, but it's yeah. supposed to be right. Like it was all he's inspired to do the Arhat stuff by partly because of the uh, earthquake in in Japan and the tsunami, and that sort of made him realize that he was getting away from his Japanese heritage and wasn't really happy about that. And yeah, the, the octopus eats its own leg is a really interesting. Uh, the actual piece, the octopus eats its own leg, is actually like his writing on a on two canvases that have been spray painted and messed up. But you can still read the the writing, and it explains like this cycle that he's gone through as an artist. It was really cool. Um, one of the better exhibits that I've seen. So uh, hmm. that's okay. That's it for me. Nice, Rick. You have tons of goodies. I have tons of goodies. I saw a movie called blockers aka cock blockers yeah. oh you saw it yeah it's uh so the the premise and the trailers make it sound really like uh kind of terrible and um dated like the premise is like three three teenage uh, girls uh make a sex pack to lose their virginity on uh, prom night which it's is called like, american pie right yeah or any other movie right and their parents like the whole movie is them stopping them right and that sounds like kind of terrible because why would you do that you wouldn't stop like three boys from uh, stopping them from having sex, but uh, it's actually very sex positive and progressive, and like a really feminist movie. It just—it's uh, kind of unfortunate. It kind of feels like it's not. Uh, the movie is directed by Kay Cannon, who's the writer for all the Pitch Perfect movies mm-hmm. and Thirty Rock and New Girl and a bunch of other movies, and it's very good. Like it stars basically the sidekicks from other like uh, like Apatow comedies and stuff like that. Like you got Leslie Mann. John Cena, the wrestler. Ike, Ike Barinholtz. Ike Barinholtz, who's I I love Ike Barinholtz. The guy's just he's a hilarious. mad TV actor, right? Yeah, I like, I like John Cena, like because he's kind of a clown. So they're they're great in this. I would say this is like as far as I know, is John one of John Cena's really first like starring, especially comedic roles. He's usually like the best thing sometimes in other movies, like Trainwreck. Or he shows uh, up for five minutes and he's really yeah. Funny. See this cast for if almost in the fifteen years I haven't seen a cast like this since old school is the last time I. I've, I saw a cast that was this randomly shaken up. Yeah, like, the, the, when, cast, the cast is great. It's also like really diverse. Like John Cena's wife is played by uh, an Indian uh, woman, and his daughter is like biracial. And it's like it kind of seems weird, but in the movie, like no one really says anything about it. There's like John Cena makes like one joke about having an Asian daughter, but otherwise, it's just like it just fits, and it's really cool. Um, it's just normal. Yeah, and like the film is like really hilarious, and like some of the female characters, there's like a there's a coming out story in it. Uh, Johnny Cena's uh, daughter is like super like kind of broy. It's like there's so many like gross out gags and things. Uh, I would say one part of the movie that kind of suffers is they have to like the the fact that there's cell phones now that's a big deal in like script writing right because it's very difficult to have like tension or misunderstandings or plot contrivances because you can just send a text to yeah you can just things. like you can just call someone and things will be cleared up right so like they have to like put their phone on airport airport mode or airplane mode or like not to call so it's like really stupid right because they're literally following their kids around when like I don't know like if my parents 
like call me like a bajillion time. I probably answer once, right? Like that is kind of stretches things. But otherwise, it's like it really moves. Uh, I, you get to see uh, character actor Gary Cole's dong, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's kind of a random movie, but it's, it's really it's like pretty much as good as a studio comedy can be. And so it's kind of like a misdirect from the trailers. They just made it look like this goofy. It. I think my, the thing the thing I had the most problem was it just seems so like not for 2018 right but it's like the total, total opposite like there are characters in the movie who are like why are you doing this uh like we have good teenage daughters they're allowed to be sexual and have sex and stuff like that like they they they, they con- characters constantly say these things right so it's fine but in by the by the marketing or just even the premise you think like well, who cares like they're all they're like they can have sex they're like 17 right mm-hmm. when it's called cock blockers it's, yeah. it's a picture of a rooster rooster blockers i guess is what it's called and like that that like really never plays in the movie like the title card just says blockers and it's like very straightforward i think that's entirely it's, it's like it's one of those things where they invented it after they're in the marketing well how much of that the trailer really f- really leans heavily into that whole text messaging thing with all oh, the eggplant means a dick and all this stuff the peach is a butt like is that a lot of the movie or is no, that just that one that's just scene? the premise so yeah i feel like the marketing really leaned into that and then almost like the title is like an emoji almost or something well i mean it's like a silhouette of a rooster right yeah uh yeah i actually really thought that was like it's, it's such a timely thing because like if you have like uh, a, a macbook and an iphone that that's like really how you communicate right you like oh, man it's just i'm getting vibes of sex tape with cameron diaz it's nothing like, like that movie that, right. oh, i mean sex tape they go to like the 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 you porn or porn to hub like headquarters and try to erase it which is like what makes no sense what the f- it's like an ad for iCloud or yeah, something. yeah and like the guy says like you we don't store our videos here. It's like on it's on the internet. Okay, so so cock blockers is a winner. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, I got I got kind of burned on game night, but no oh, man, great game night was great. It didn't was, like it. It was, eh? it, was, it, was it was good. Oh yeah, this, it was good. Okay. Pe- people are really hyping comedies up this year because there aren't many. So I mean, yeah, I mean, so far this year, it's uh, it's only April. I think there's we're been getting a, we're getting some goodies. Yeah, I also saw Lynn Ramsey's uh, "You Were Never Really Here." Oh, you saw that? This movie is intense, guys. Oh man, I would describe this movie as an episode of Law and Order Special Victim Unit by way of Taxi Driver. It's like I've never seen a Lynn Ramsey movie before. I only saw like bits and pieces of uh, "We Need to Talk About Kevin." The way he, the the she unfolds the plot is so cool. It's like very ethereal. Like there is a the, the plot is so bare. Like this Joaquin Phoenix plays this like um, basically like a contract killer, and all he does is save uh, young girls from sex trafficking. So is it like Drive? It's kind of like Drive. It's kind of like Taxi Driver. Kind of like all those movies. Like there's like a million movies like this, right? Yeah. It's like almost no dialogue. The exposition is like almost like in the background, and like he kind of does like. Nothing really unfolds the way you think it is, but at the same time, it does. And it's so, like, moody. This and, is my jam. Yeah, this is like, my exact jam. It, it's so good. Like, if mm. if you're down with that kind of, like, like unconventional storytelling, even though the, the story is so conventional. Like you, Nicholas Winding Refn? But That's who I'm wondering if this is... No, but, like, Nicholas Winding Refn is so stylish and so... Like, he likes over the top, right? He's yeah, such he a, loves he's saturating... Such a dickhead. Like, saturation 100. This is, like... This is so minimalist, and uh, the music by uh, Johnny Greenwood is amazing. Oh, oh, and man. Joaquin Phoenix is so good. Like, he... Obviously, he's, like, crazy, like, down and sad and dark, and there's, like, these crazy flashbacks. But there's, like, a scene where he takes care of his old mom, and it's, like, straight out of, like, a comedy, right? He's just, like... His mom is like messing up the bathroom and needs some spanks, and he's just like following around. What? It's just like so random. Like it, it's just a really interesting, unique movie. Uh, it's based on a Jonathan Ames book. Who I really love Jonathan Ames. Hmm. Yeah, you. This I is think, my jam. Yeah, I think if you really like this kind of bold film, like you, like you, this is right up your alley. You were never really here. Yeah, the, the title is super. The title of the book. It's really kind of a little weird. Okay. Yeah, but it's like so bare and minimum. Like it just—that's what I'm digging it. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. Okay, I I watched one thing, Lord of War, starring oh. Warlord, starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah, you must mean Warlord. I, I'd seen this movie many times. This is a really good rewatch. It's a- Andrew Nichol. Yeah, 
No. It's uh, the screenplay is incredible. Good performance and, from and uh, Cage, right? He's really good. The, the voiceover is amazing. The dialogue and the script is really, really solid. I think the ending is incredible. The scene in the interrogation room where Nicolas Cage talks about him being a necessary evil, and he's this arms dealer that sort of has to exist in order for the United States to function properly, and there's you know, sort of hints of Blackwater. And th- I think it was ahead of its time. It really is. Lord of War is one of the only movies I think that I can... I, I think maybe ever that has been given award by Amnesty International. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, for the accuracy of... For just having humanitarian... Uh, and and sort of has like child didn't, soldiers uh, didn't, and stuff. Bri- in it, right? Didn't uh, the latest yeah. Death Wish get that also? Oh no! <laughs> Don't you dare! Yeah, I think to, to yeah to, to shed light on a lot of topics that are important to Amnesty International's core values and beliefs and and you know reason for being. Yeah, raison d'être. Like uh, this movie has an amazing opening credit sequence, Lord of War. If you've ever seen that, just look it up online. It's the thing with the bullet following the bullet yeah. as it's being. Like fashioned in a factory, basically the, the entire life cycle of one bullet, uh, one bullet, and mm-hmm. then where that bullet ends up, you know, it, it you you get you understand why we're following that particular bullet. I mean, the idea of profiting off of misery in such a manufactured way, but it's incredible to see how many bullets are made and that are wasted, and you can see how this giant industry <laughs> is is actually so wasteful, but it is so violent, and at the same time, and there, there's that line where Nicolas Cage says. I'd rather my customers be firing their guns and miss just as long as they're firing. This movie is really ahead of its time and really topical for the gun debate. I I think that there's a lot of corny shit in it with Jared Leto being this ridiculous cokehead and oh yeah, that's right. Th- there there is a lot of silly stuff going on in Lord of War that brings it down a bit. But there's this period in Jared Leto's career it. that's so interesting where he did so many random like in was he in Panic Room yeah. And like all these like, in Fight Club, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is before he kind of went. I think it's before thirty seconds. Before of Mars. he started the band, maybe yeah. or yeah, before it got big. But he's he's good in it. But he, there's a lot of sort of distractions from this main plot. Uh, what's her name? Mrs. X. Tom Brady. Oh, I forget her name. Oh, I know you're talking She's about. She's kind of cute, skinny model. Blonde. Yeah, I think he has a, a kid with her. Yeah, he does. They were never married though. No. Uh, yeah, she she's in it as as Nicolas Cage's wife, and she's uh, not the greatest. The, there's a lot of stuff that sort of distracts you from the whole plot and focus of this gun running thing, which is the best part of the movie, obviously. And it came out a year before Blood Diamond, um, which I don't know if that movie holds up as well as this one does. Um, DiCaprio's uh, South African accent. Yeah. It's Bridget Moynihan. Oh, that's a... Is who it is. Yeah, DiCaprio's accent in Blood Diamond is a bit shady. Uh, this movie focuses on a lot of different things. There's Blood Diamonds in Lord of War. There's Child Soldiers in Lord of War. Like, it covers a lot of the same ground. Uh, and as you said, Rick, the ending is spectacular, where Ethan Hawke, as this ATF agent who's been tracking... Gattaca reunion. Yeah, he's been tracking Cage this whole movie, and he thinks he's nailed him, and there's this amazing... Although that, that newspaper thing is a little cute. Yeah, the interrogation scene at the very end is so well written and so dark and and what is he what has Andrew Nickel been up to? The last movie he did, I believe, was Good Good Kill with Ethan Hawke, which we reviewed on the podcast. That was early the early episode drone movie drone film, and then he did that Timberlake uh, time in time. Oh yeah, man, that movie was raw. Yeah, Roger Deakins shot that. Oh, it looked beautiful. Yeah, but. Yeah, that conceit was. Yeah. No, I'm rough. I'm a big fan of Andrew Nichol. Gattaca's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Gattaca's. So is Lord of War. I that's a title though. I, I know it's like a playoff warlord. It's like I know, I know it doesn't work. You just call it warlord, right? It it yeah. sounds like it's something different than it is. But I highly recommend Lord of War. It holds up. It's 13 years old at this point, but it couldn't be any more relevant. Back when Nick Cage was uh, making like, it's, regular of, studio movies, some of his lines are. It's just his delivery is. It's cagey, you know? <laughs> Only he. Should be... There's some keys scattered about. They've been digitized. Guys, have you played Start? Ready? Start? Ready? Start button? Ready? Start? Somebody press the Start button. Atari 1?
three keys. Three hidden challenges test for worthy trades. Revealing three hidden keys to three magic gates. And those with the skill to survive these straits will reach the end. Where the prize awaits. Let the hunt begin. So that was a clip from Ready Player One. When the creator of a popular video game system dies, a virtual contest is created to compete for his fortune. Okay. It's the dumbest idea ever. Okay. Ready Player One is directed by Steven Spielberg, and it stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, Lena Waithe, TJ Miller, Simon Pegg, and Mark Rylance, and the worst wig of all time. Rick, you know a lot about wigs. Yeah, Simon Pegg's wig was now. terrible, too. Wigs have just come up in conversation with me and Rick several times. I believe one was about the Lampoon movie. Yeah, a few dollars gesture. Yeah, we I'm, were talking about... It's just a huge pet peeve of mine, because um, if you've ever been like in any kind of production theater or ever been on a set, you, there's so much time and effort. Obviously, this is like, what, like a $200 million movie, state-of-the-art, and like the wig... On those two characters look atrocious, uh, especially Mark Rylance and like his like he's wearing space space invader t shirts and he's like made to look like a slob even though he's like a like he's a proper Shakespearean classically trained actor. He won an Oscar, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, that was like his first movie role too, right? Oh my god! And he's pretty much only made like Spielberg movies uh, aside from like he was in Dunkirk also. BFG. Yeah, it's a Spielberg movie. Yeah. He's just his new boy. He's yeah. just his new boy I heard, he's gonna, I heard that Spielberg is going to put him in every one of, single one of his movies from now on. Although seems he, seems he only has two smart. or three more, right? Um, let's go around the room. Red, did you enjoy Ready Player One? I seem to get the sense that you did. I did. Um, okay. I Going into this, I was led to believe that it was a good movie because Spielberg had his hands on it. Uh, however, that the scenes in the real world may not Are be that terrible. Um, I I was mostly like that was mostly accurate, um, but my expectations were right. surpassed because they were so low. I think a fanboy always knows a hater. Yeah, that is rough. That line is rough. Um, one thing I don't understand, and this is uh, from the book. Yeah, like that line's really bad. There's a lot of stuff in this that's bad, but. Um, why is it in the future that everything from the 80s is so popular? Like, because, why are everyone's avatars from the 80s? Because Halliday was so obsessed with it. So that his love of it brought it back. But I totally with you. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the idea that nothing has been created of any value in the last 50 years. It's so weird to see people in 2045 talking about, like, uh... John Hughes movies and like Buckaroo Buckaroo Banzai it's so obscure and I love Buckaroo Banzai and I was into that but I was like actually I kind of don't like it because now people are going to be like what's Buckaroo Banzai and it's going to get all watered down it's funny too because sometimes we talk about these things in movies that we love and then we speak of them now how they're like yeah the little rough or dated or problematic I can't imagine this movie in like 27 years like the conversations around them right I wonder though, because what one thing that I did think about this movie was that it was pretty good at how it worked references in in a way that if you knew the reference, it was meaningful. But if you didn't get the reference, it was still relevant to the action that was going on. So I, I there was actually, a lot of like people leaning to each other, going, "Oh, did you catch that? Oh, did you notice this?" And then like things in the background. Every second of this movie basically, is packed with these old references. Well, I feel like a lot of the references are just, like, decoration, right? Yeah. It, it, that's and, true, and none yeah. of them have any value or weight. And, and the fact that the, the, 
this would be there or this reference would be there. Nothing would ever shock me, right? Like there's there's nothing that would be in this movie that you would say, oh my God, can you believe that they put this character in? No fucking way. It's like, like no, they're putting everything. In. Everything's in. I, so I, Like I wish it had been more integrated into the actual story. Like my favorite reference is like the best part of the movie. Which we should not spoil. Yeah. And so like, although even that gets kind of ruined by having stuff that's not in that uh piece of uh, pop culture yeah yeah they kind of change like this the second challenge the second key challenge in this movie where they go into a film uh yeah we'll talk about that later we, we can't spoil but they do they do kind of change that around in a really dumb cheesy way almost like turn it into a christmas carol or something well how i was gonna like that. if we're comparing movies how much of this movie is like Willy wonka well that's the original book right i i i, I don't really i think it's so different right well, I, I think there's a lot of problems with the idea uh, of like, having the most important company in the whole world, the the company that essentially runs the economies and nations and every like life takes place in the oasis, right? Is that is that how this reality works? Like nothing is really done in the outside world anymore. Everything's done on the inside of this virtual world. But apparently, apparently in the book, that's more of that. Like in the movie, the real world is still seems like quite like i believe in the book uh, i mean thor talked about this in the last episode like people like basically just live in the oasis right yeah. and, like there's a, there's a lot of darkness about how like society people is like almost gone live in their own shit in their own trailers and yeah stuff. yeah so this this company is so important and so valuable and and so vital to almost like human survival that they're just gonna hold a contest and just give it away to whoever wins like who you work for the Oasis. Are you cool with the contest too, being never, run this way? We never see the actual company no. at, that owns it now. Yeah, that's running runs, it now. Who runs the we Oasis? See the competitor. We just see I, is, is it IOI or yeah, IOI? Are they? Well, they're a competing company. They're who, like the number two company in the world. They just want to own. They want to own the number one. No, and they they, the they, they, they want to take it, and then they want to basically. Profit of every element of it. They just right? want to put up pop up ads. Yeah, and so the whole theme of the movie is also like the idea of like pure pure fandom is so toxic and so terrible, and it's never addressed. We're essentially watching a movie that profits and regurgitates all these references and culture back to us, and the main character has these long diatribes about how we need to win and so we're that anti corporation yeah, yeah. so that we this is not going to happen to us and there's it's like bullshit there's no it's so tone deaf in that manner right well we're fighting all these anti corporate you know this this anti corporate message is all over the movie we're going to bring this meanwhile all this worship of corporate iconography and characters that are yeah, who from do, giant companies we're, we're the heroes of this movie are essentially pre- trying to prevent what we're doing by us paying to watch this movie, right? It's, it's like weird snake eating its tail shit that is not self-aware enough. Steven Spielberg, I don't think, is nuanced enough to make a commentary on this. So I, I mean, I but will say Spielberg this: like, does a good job, though. I mean, this, oh, this movie is exciting. This movie and... would have been a disaster had like anyone, pretty much anyone else, directed it. Yes, good like, call. I would say. Like the visuals, all the stuff in the Oasis look great. There's like it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed a lot of this movie. I think Zemeckis could have done it. Yeah, Zemeckis like paid in his heyday, not not recent Zemeckis. I would say. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't. It's not a good movie. Like, it's there's so many weird like <laughs> that. Like I mentioned this last time, the 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 quick turn to murder and terrorism. The the password stuff. Yeah, the, writing your password on a piece of paper. The fact that like the what? prison, the the loyalty centers are which essentially prisons or work camps under, yeah. underneath like the headquarters for the second biggest company in the world with no additional security. <laughs> uh, someone also mentioned this to me. His uh, uh so Ben Mendelsohn uh has a like Nolan has a special like game chamber, but it's a ball. He doesn't move. Whereas everyone else has track pads or they're running in the street. So he, you, how do you, how do you act in the oasis? Because he's in a ball, you can't run or step, right? Yeah, it's all that same matrix. Thought. It's all matrix. He has a special. There's so many. There's so many things in the movie that are never explained. How the, the like the life system, all these things, and it's very inconsistent. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how extra lives work. I don't know you have how to have a quarter. Well, these are all things that are well, not like really. It's ex- not a spoiler. Like characters die and then they come back, just like in a video game, right? But then there are points where people die and they can't come back wouldn't you just have one-ups wouldn't everyone have a one-up 
and stuff or like that, you would or... start from the beginning again or something yeah yeah like what does it mean like getting zeroed out never really well, you also explained. like they're in in the in ioa the company there's like a whole system of people trying like they work in groups right and then they die you see them like read out and then they switch to a different module assuming that they play again as a different player right? are these like commentaries on like gold farms in china for world of warcraft and stuff is, is that I, I wish it was i don't think it is <laughs> But I mean, you could have gone there and made them look like sweatshop. But they're, they're they look cool. They're futuristic and badass, right? Yeah, you you want to get a job working for IOI, right? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to enjoy in the movie, but it's just it's it's a mess. Well, Ty Sheridan's not doing the movie any favors as your protagonist, right? He, the, the, I don't think it's his fault. Like, there's nothing to do. That character has nothing. Ty Sheridan is a great actor. I think uh, Mud. Um, He's really good. Yeah, of life. I, I just I feel like there's so little that's that's sincere about this. I, maybe Ty Sheridan's a gamer, maybe not. But I don't feel like anyone in this movie really is is really he, giving a fuck are, about his video speeches games. Are rough. Like there's a speech where he's like talking about his mother's sister, and I'm like, what? Who who says that? Yeah. But all of the references. My mother's are, sister. Are, you're like, oh, what? what um, you, mean, you mean your aunts? Yeah. <laughs> And him delivering these references feels so canned, right? Like when he's saying "slappers only" is my favorite mode or something, or yeah, when he's talking the about like about uh, the, that's the Ferris trivia. Bueller and all that stuff. It just seems so artificial. Yeah, well, there's a scene where the uh, Mendelssohn's getting fed the pop culture references. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what this whole movie is. Yes, that's like a metaphor for the whole movie. Exactly. There's like a committee sitting somewhere that was like, this book is loaded with references that people are yeah. going to love. So let's do this and get as many of them as we can. Like, li- it's literally what's going on. All right, can we just like get into it now? We, do, you want to get into spoilers yeah. already? Well, to finish that thought, th- that's what's so frustrating about this movie is is it's Spielberg's not the kind of guy who's going to make a weird meta nuanced like spike jones or uh charlie kaufman are the kind of guys who really <laughs> charlie kaufman but they are the kind of no guys, they're the material. kind of guys who twist like storylines and shit upon them like backwards they're, they would never do something like this but steven spielberg's the very lat like you say he's the only person who no, could have made I, this movie? In many ways, he's the very last person who no, should. I know because I I don't I don't think we're trying on the same way. I would I think they just should, should have taken out all like the, the 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 killer stuff, the 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 greedy stuff, and just made it the real the sorry not the real world, the game world, and just had like more fun adventure stuff, right? And been like a, a pop culture remix and just not really Disneyfy it kind of. Yeah, just like it's just like because it's like. I, you could like this movie is long too. It's like two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, just cut out the real world stuff. Like I don't need I don't need all the dystopian stuff. It's just like hey we we're 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 hot, we're fun. We're having playing games. It's like more like Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Let's I'd like finish watch this off. Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, like I I never believe the stakes. Like I who cares if this uh, one like one company owns the Oasis. One company already does own the Oasis. Presumably, right? We live in a, the real world where we are constantly at battle with corporations. Let's just make a fun thing with like T Rex and Back to the Future and Godzilla. Well, it's, it's such a socially irresponsible thing. If your company's that important and valuable to just put the entire future of it up for grabs on whoever. I mean, but to get gotta, to the nature of the challenge is to spoil the movie, I guess, but it's so lame. And there's so many opportunities to make a meta commentary on pop culture references, and the movie doesn't know whether or not to commit to making fun of nerds or celebrating nerds. I think it's asking a lot for us as an audience to get invested in whether this fictional corporation gets control of another fictional corporation, right? Like, who cares? It's Apple and Microsoft, right? This is Android and an iPhone. Like, I I just, like, I want to have more, I want to have fun in the Oasis, right? Which I I did. Like, all that other stuff slowed it down and just made the storyline worse. But yeah, we can get into spoilers, I think. Yeah, let's... So how badass was the shining sequence? Yeah, that's the best part of the whole movie. Although, right? wh- I, I don't know why they ruined it with like zombies. Well, that's when it turns into just part of, of the riddle, right? like a Christmas Carol kind of thing. I didn't dance with the girl at the party when I should have. I have these regrets. This is what's so problematic about James Halliday. He's he's such a dumbass character that I could not give a fuck about, and he's just such a sad, pathetic 
man who why would anyone care about his his stupid life like he's not an it interesting seems, it seems weird to make this world bending challenge on a random like missed connection craigslist article yeah and and how full of yourself can you be how superficial and completely petty i mean i i don't know why you would put this into your game if you were getting billions of people watching it and yeah, so it's interesting because they changed all the things from the book to make it more, more like so they could like afford it or do it like legally, and also to just like make it more cinematic. And in the book, apparently, it was they went to like the Blade Runner world. Yeah, which sounds cool. But I really enjoyed the sh- like some some of that stuff. Like, I just want to know how they did it too, right? It, was it all in the computer model, models? Like, how it, much of archive footage? It looked like they rebuilt the set and filmed The Shining again. That's yeah. how amazing it was. Although that is a real hotel. The yeah. Overlook. Yeah. Um, but that stuff was incredible, and it was kind of ruined by a silly little twist on the end with zombies in the... Yeah, in, in the bar room, which... Yeah, okay. that was... Uh, All right. But it's funny, because the character... Uh, H, I guess, has never seen The Shining, so it plays for people who have and haven't, right? So there's characters who haven't seen the movie, don't know the beats, right? Don't know the the elevator doors and what's going to come out of those, or the the sexy woman in the bathtub. There's if you've seen the movie, you know what's coming, and if you haven't seen the movie, you're right there, and this it, it, it's a perfect sequence and celebration of The Shining. Were they zombies because they were supposed? This was he figured somebody would figure it out sooner, and they were just. I have been no there idea. for too long, or was I that? Know. Yeah, I have no idea. Right? The, the, the they could just walked in that ballroom. The three challenges are, are kind of unclear to me because the first one's like a Mario Kart thing, and then the second one is just I'm going to bury it in a movie, and then the third one is I'm going to bury it in the Easter egg. It's about Easter eggs, right? And it's the movie really is about burying something in a piece of pop culture and then testing. Your, I mean, fa- f- your fans to find out who is truly dedicated enough. The first one is just a straight up race from like any, it could be any video game. And then the only way you know how to beat it is by that one random line he said after a uh, company party. But it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> the movie ends up being just about finding someone's stupid little hidden secret or whatever and and the payoff is so ridiculous because it ends up being hey you spent 10,000 hours or whatever it is millions of dollars trying to find the answer to this challenge and when you finally get there the answer is hey maybe you shouldn't play video games too much well not just on on tuesdays and thursdays yeah you should you shouldn't play too many video games the the reward for this entire epic expedition is you played too many video games. I mean, I actually really enjoyed this movie when I watched it. And it just like it gets worse. Like the more you think about, it, and the further away you get get from it. Yeah. <laughs> Red, do you I have any comments? Are you with us? Yeah, I don't. I didn't dislike it as much as you guys seem to have. I mean, I know that it's silly, and it's just you. You earlier, Scott said you weren't sure if this movie is celebrating nerd like geek culture or mocking it i think this is like masturbation for nerds it's like the idea of like there's only like pure fandom is so toxic right all those speeches about like there's only one right way to appreciate something and like this is for it's just I it, it's whoever knows more about a reference than the other guy is going to win, right? It's whoever's more committed. I'm mean, aside from the well, fact that he like be... did murder and terrorism, that the Nolan guy has just as much every right to win this contest, right? I don't care if he's not a real fan, right? If he's skilled enough or has the resources to win the game, then it's fine. I don't know. I I'll go back to the Charlie and the Chocolate reference. Like it seemed to me it was all about finding the right like this is where it's very Spielberg like it was about the person with the right heart finding the easter egg of course he's not supposed to sign the the waiver right like all of these things you know exactly where ready player one is going within the first 20 minutes right it's a spielberg movie and with that come along a whole host of expectations and predicted endings you know every beat that's coming but they're they're well done like he knows how to make a good movie he does the the action scenes are thrilling and fun and and i was enjoying most of the movie 
whenever I'm outside of the oasis, I'm I want to die though because <laughs> yeah, that stuff is so rough. It is painful. The stuff with his like his aunt and his, uh, her boyfriend. All that. Why does that stuff take itself so seriously? Like that I, stuff. We didn't need any of that. That stuff should you didn't be need, also. Didn't you have to be a teenager? No, but all that should be way more tongue in cheek. Oh, the stuff and, about and uh, silly. Sam, Artemis Sam's uh, birthmark is oh. so labored. Yeah, Which, that, that is some white knight bullshit. With I have this ugly birthmark. How don't don't look really bad. don't look at me. I'm so ugly. Oh no, only I know that you're beautiful. You've been waiting for me to Meanwhile, come you're along. S- you're actually like a she's yeah. very very uh, uh, Olivia Cook is, is, is a smoke show. She's stunning. Like, yeah, she's gorgeous. And the so, fact that like, the flying fuck. the psychics just show up to rescue him, and they're all like random people of color. <laughs> From what I understand, he doesn't actually meet Artemis. Uh, Samantha until the very last page of the book, which is a really smart way to do it. They, of course, didn't do that here. No, because you have to hire actors. And you have to be invested in them. And right? they have to be in scenes together yeah. in the real world instead of... But I love the idea of also we're digitally together you, through the whole... And the very last page, we finally come to meet each other in the physical world. You know how she sacrifices herself to let uh, Wade go? That's done for no reason. She could have gone with him, right? Cause, well, I don't remember. No, I don't remember. Because like, <laughs> she closes the door and then they catch her. She just gone with him and then she, they would have been rescued by uh, Lena Waite's character. Yeah, I was thinking... <laughs> that makes no sense, right? I'm going to delay them. She didn't delay no, them at all. No, you just... You, you literally didn't. You just got caught so you could go to the center. But So then we clo- when we close... The the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays does that do anything? Well, it lets them make out. Remember? Yeah, it's just like the so ending. The, guy, the ending is like, oh hey, I'm gonna spend my money in a nice cool loft and, and like hang out with my girlfriend. What about the I'm guys gonna who, try to improve the situation? Yeah, what about the guys who don't have girlfriends? First of all, who didn't win the contest? And who people who still, make a living in the Oasis, whose yeah. welfare. Who's it's closed Tuesdays and Thursdays, <laughs> and I, I need to make money. All yeah. the moms and pops, maybe not, maybe, the little startup shops in the Oasis. Yeah, like he could have done anything else to improve the lives of people, but he decided to close it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They're actually evil oligarchs, and um, the Oasis is going to revolt <laughs> from the high five. They're actually the low five. Uh, guys, are we giving scores to this movie? What do we think of Ready Player One? Hmm. Red, you can't give this a high score, please. It's not a high score, but it's not a low score. Like I think it's gonna, it's gonna slip into a. Ooh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I do, I was, I'm trying to put it at a seven, but it keeps falling down to a six. And oh, a half. whoa, what? Really? Yeah, it's. That's funny because it seems like you liked it a lot more. I would yeah, give it a, probably like seven. Yeah. I'm gonna put it at a seven. I would just probably give it a seven too. Yeah. Really? Holy shit, Rick. So I, I never go too low. I never go too high. Ah, Just six and always a half, seven. seven. <laughs> well, I give it a six. It's it's a fun ride, but the movie's dumb as a brick. Oh yeah. That's, well, the, the, stuff the original the book is, so is stupid. Fun. Like the writers, yeah, yeah. the writers not. I just I can't Good. believe Steven Spielberg made this. I, I honestly wish anyone but Spielberg would have made Ready Player One. No, what do we predict for numbers for this one? Like. Throughout its run, do you think it's going to make good money or what? It's already gonna, made good money. It's already made decent money, considering. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's, it's one of Spielberg's biggest hits. Amazingly enough, well, because he hasn't made a uh, a blockbuster movie in a long time. He doesn't do it anymore. But yeah, this this biggest thing hit since Indiana Jones doing well overseas, I think. So yeah, Ready Player One, check it out. Let us know if you, I think a lot of people are going to go see this just cause, out of like, curiosity. You know, the reason also I give it such a high... Because, like, I saw it in theaters, I saw it on IMAX, and it is dazzling, and it is worth seeing, right? You know, Spielberg, like Red said, he knows how to make a film. Uh, yeah, but those those real-world stuff, that was rough. I think that if you had a director with a little more self-awareness... And Spielberg would never be the kind of guy to reflect on his own career with this movie. No, like, he, he he took out all the ref, like he, references to mostly his movies, yeah, right? There's he some, tried, but like a mea culpa yeah. is a word I've I've heard in reference to this. Like if Spielberg was maybe apologizing in a way for creating the blockbuster with Jaws, and and kind of the reason why we're here in some ways is because of him. Right, like Spielberg would never be the kind of nuanced guy to make that commentary. He, in in a way, he should be in his own movie. Like Spielberg yeah, should because be he a character make, in this. He doesn't make those kind of like his movies are quite earnest, right? Yeah, I, I I just wish he had a little more 
uh, avant-garde edge to him. I mean, he which does is probably like, like he, that'd be Munich a different director's list. Or... He, he would, yeah, he would not be the 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 lovable sort of teddy bear director that we all appreciate him for. He's he's the creator of all these sweet nostalgic memories. So that's why it's so weird that he's the one who made this movie that's like a blender full of his own diarrhea. That is just a great that's way that's to end. Unfortunate metaphor. Let's end the podcast on that. Oh. Delish. Yikes. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. But Ready Player One is, is fun. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> next, if, if you like diarrhea. <laughs> next episode is A Quiet Place. Shut the fuck up. Next episode, can you get this? We're going to do it like this. That's just offensive. There's no clickings. Yeah, you can't do that. That's sign language is just. Okay. The, the reviews yeah. of Scott Wilson do not reflect all <laughs> no. the views of the uh, where, Viewing Podcast. Where can we find you guys on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jared underscore Sargent. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff there. Teaching related mostly. Yeah. Google worship mostly. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> you can find all my film reviews on rickchung.com. You can follow me at rickchung. Also, ybrcade.com at ybrcade. That's where you can look at all of your cool photos of coffee shops and ice cream parlors and that's correct bridal expos bridal expos and you can you can hit up my article about it's such a glamour- uh, the octopus has its own, eats its own leg there too it's nice. a glamorous lifestyle that rick lives um, yeah this is the this is the least glamorous part of it <laughs> oh no you can follow me on twitter at scott wilson bc it's with two l's uh the show is on twitter at vertical viewing at patreon.com slash vertical viewing that's where all of our goodies live apocalypto you can Watch a guy get his skull torn off by a jaguar. So good. We reviewed that. That moment, I mean. Yeah. Big Lebowski, all sorts of special goodies on there. You want to tell us what to review, you're going to have to go to patreon.com. That's where you can do it. You can also go to verticalviewing.com, click on the donate button, help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, baking internet pie. Slipping it gently. Yeah, that's a PayPal link. Into your ear holes. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Stitcher. No, don't go to Stitcher. Fuck that. But we're not in the Oasis yet. No, no. What are your final thoughts, though? I mean, keep it vertical, of course. Mm. Boring.